Pollock trying to steer around. Picked off center. They score! Feather back over to Manny. Splits the defense. His shot. He scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington. Hard collision. BL center and feed. They score! This is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello, welcome to another edition of the CUDA Confidential Podcast, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, American Hockey League affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here, the voice of the Barracuda, alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Overtime loss last night to Bakersfield to wrap up the five-game homestand. It was one of those games that I think you, you leave feeling pretty good about picking up a point because there was a lot of sequences in that game that you thought San Jose was probably going to fall in regulation. They twice uh, came back from two goal deficits and they wrap up the five game homestand with a three one and one mark after a win going into last night's game over the Texas Stars two to one on Friday. Another game that you probably feel pretty good about getting a win because San Jose was really badly outchanced in the first couple of periods. Their best periods in the last two games have come in the third. They outshot Bakersfield last night 19 to three in the final 20 minutes, a race to two goal deficit forced overtime before Joe Gambardella won it in the extra session. Overall, I think you got to feel pretty good, though, about the homestand to pick up three wins. You pick up points in four or five, and now you travel on the road to a very tough building to play in, which San Jose is familiar, in the Van Andel Arena in downtown Grand Rapids. All of a sudden, the Griffs, two months ago, they were out of the playoff picture, and now they're, they're the, in the top they were, spot. Weren't they at the bottom? I believe the... they were roughly around the bottom of that central, very competitive central division that had Chicago kind of leading the way over the last month or so, but all of a sudden, Grand Rapids is in the driver's seat. And uh, it'll mark a two-game weekend set before we go into the All-Star break. San Jose will play Grand Rapids four times this season. It's the third straight year we take on the Griffs, and it'll be a rematch of the Western Conference Finals from two years ago. Yeah, they're they're buzzing. I mean, 6-2, 0-2 in their last 10, uh, 53 points, sitting at the top of the Central, tied with Iowa. It's kind of a logjam there between Grand Rapids, Iowa, Chicago, uh, even Texas and, and Milwaukee. They're all kind of within – you know, six points of each other. So very tight race there. But, yeah, Grand Rapids has been great. They're uh, a lot of guys up front putting up some points. Uh, Phillips Adina, or, you know, a rookie, very high draft pick, highly touted prospect for Detroit, is playing really well. Uh, Chris Terry leads the way for them in points. He's got 41, which is top 10 in the league right now uh, as far as, you know, overall points scored. So they're getting – some, some pretty top-end production, and their goalies have been pretty good, too. Uh, Harry Sateri, former uh, Sharks prospect, played in Worcester for a little bit. He's kind of found a resurgence. I think he went overseas and played for a little bit after uh, Worcester, came back, played with Springfield in Florida for a little bit. He's been great. Uh, Patrick Rybar, uh, assuming I'm saying that name right, uh, he's been great, too. He's got a 9-1-3 save percentage, uh, two, three you know, goals against average, so they're kind of they're they're clicking on uh, on all cylinders right now. They're you know just another hot team we've had to face. I feel like we've had to face uh, some some pretty hot teams over the past couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. I mean, thanks, Murph, for sitting next to us right now. We got Grand Rapids who have been they've been hot. Before them, we had uh, you know Bakersfield who had won I believe it was five straight coming into the game on Monday. Texas was a, another hot team we had on Friday. We've had San Diego who was the hottest team in, in, uh, in the American League right now. Um, 
whole it's 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 been tough uh, for the Cuda. I, I I agree with you. Third period's kind of been the best for us. Maybe not playing our strongest hockey as of late, but uh, still finding ways to win games. To to win three games on that five game homestand is big, and hopefully you can go in and this is going to be a big big matchup for us. I mean, all the we've seen kind of Tucson's been a bit of a measuring stick. This is our first real measuring stick, uh, especially when it comes out of conference, to see how we stack up against uh, you know, Grand Rapids. We heard from Mike Murphy. He's going to join us in just a bit. He is our head equipment manager. He'll be our special guest today on the Cuda Confidential Podcast. You mentioned the Central Division, San Jose. They've only played the Texas teams outside of the division thus far. They are 4-0 and against the Central this season, but this will be the toughest test thus far. San Jose all-time in the regular season against Grand Rapids are 2-1-0-1, but of course lost in five games in the Western Conference Finals two years ago. There's roughly six guys left from that championship team from 2017 as you look down at the Griffins roster. They do a great job, though, in Grand Rapids, and they really commit to the developmental side, to the Detroit Red Wings with their American League team. Just a couple hours away is Grand Rapids from downtown Detroit. And they've really been able to kind of build a somewhat of a juggernaut in the AHL. They've got a couple championships over the last five years. And every year they seem to be in the mix as one of those contending teams. They get great fans, too, as well. That's a really good little niche hockey city in the AHL. Should be a lot of fun, though, as we head back out to the Van Andel Arena. Certainly one of my favorite cities we visit. Um, and, again, it should be a really good test Friday and Saturday uh, when the Barracuda take on the, the Griffins uh, in downtown Yeah, Grand, Grand Rapids. Rapids, it's a good spot. I mean, I'm, we were out there for playoffs a couple of years ago. Fun building, fun little little city to be in. Lots of good place to eat, grab a drink, lots of cool things to do. The only building I've ever seen that has a hot dog cannon, like as in, like they have a t-shirt cannon, but they literally have a hot dog cannon. It's like a t-shirt cannon that looks like a hot dog, and they shoot hot dogs into the crowd. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm so jealous. We that saw a marriage awesome. proposal there during saw the playoffs. Saw a marriage proposal. Guy got off the Zamboni. Proposed to his wife, who is riding the Zamboni as he's down on a knee. All the hot water was just running, running. out of the Zamboni was, I believe at in the center playoffs. ice yes. during the playoffs. So that was a bit of a. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, one thing but. they have there too. It's the only city that we travel to, and it probably happens a little bit more back east. But they've got autograph seekers outside of the building. It's the only time I've seen it so far. I'm guessing it happens back east, but they'll have guys who have full stacks of hockey cards, knowing that certain guys are coming into town, whether it's. Evgeny Bakov mm-hmm. or Mike Ricci, those guys don't often travel, but they do in the playoffs. But they're ready to go, and yeah. they're looking for well, That's guys. a big thing, too. It's, I mean, it, I bet you, you see it back in the East Coast a little bit, too. It's, I mean, those big kind of hockey-bred markets, those you know, Michigan, Chicago, places like that. I bet you see that. And don't they have, too, uh, isn't there, a, like, walkways that connect the hotel all the way around to the arena, or is that not the that, case? They definitely have that in Winnipeg. I don't believe they have it there. I kind of like it. It's, the hotel's it's, maybe 100 yards from the arena, yeah. so you, you've got maybe a half a block to walk. It's kind of nice. Everything's um, kind of there, like restaurants. Yep. It's really good kind of, I guess, craft brewery type of town. It's the Midwest. Yep. They're big in the brewery scene. They have a ri- like couple river colleges walk, in, right? the, in the area. Don't they have that, too? They have a little river walk area, kind of. It's not a true like river walk like in San Antonio, mm-hmm. but it's. I mean, they definitely. I'm sure have they a, do. Yeah. yeah, they do. I think they do. I I haven't walked by it, but I think it's behind the hotel. So. Yeah. Um, but a good little town, so that'll be fun. Um, this upcoming Friday and Saturday. Reminder from a broadcast standpoint, we will be tape delayed on Friday. So if you're trying to catch the game on KDOW, it'll start at 7 o'clock on a tape delay. You can listen to the entire game, though, on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app at sjbarracuda.com slash listen and watch on AHL TV. On Saturday, we have full coverage starting at 3.30, so an entire 30-minute pregame show as well. So 
can catch the action no matter what. Uh, just download the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. It's really your one-stop shop if you want to listen to the game. So should be a, a, a fun upcoming weekend. Feels like the travel schedule is going to start to kind of ramp up in terms mm-hmm. of the locations that the Barracuda goes. Still an Iowa trip on, on the schedule. Tucson trip. Another trip to San Diego. Um, Colorado will be at the end of the year. So it hasn't been an overly taxing travel schedule for the first half, but I think it'll start to ramp up in terms of distance and miles collected <laughs> over the next couple months. But we're already near the end of January. We've got the All-Star game coming up, and then you know, we're on the home stretch of yeah. this regular season, which yeah. is incredible. We'll talk about a little bit you know, on next week's show. We'll kind of recap All-Star weekend and all that it was, and uh, you know, I'm sure that'll be a good time. But also, if you're Looking to catch the uh, AHL All-Star game at all, you can watch uh, on AHL TV. They're going to have it. I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm not 100% positive, but they've done it for free in the past where you can watch uh, the All-Star game. But they're also, it's going to be on NHL Network. uh, So you can watch the skills and the All-Star game Sunday, Monday night, uh, or I guess afternoon out here. Uh, You'll be able to watch all that, watch our three guys go and Hopefully, I've said it, I think the Pacific Division looks pretty good on paper. So hopefully uh, they come away with a, a title with Roy at the helm. That would be yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that will be fun. Um, that was a lot of fun last year. They nearly won it last year with Rudolph's Balsers. But, well, Jake Middleton, Francis Perron, Joseph Kornosh, all represented from the player's standpoint. Head coach Roy Sommer will be there as well. Joey, you'll be heading out there as well as a representative in terms of social media coverage and being a bit of a liaison or GM Joe Will will be out there. I don't know if um, John Gufson is going to yep. be. Is, is yep. Gus going be as well? There. Okay, Gus will be there. Pretty, so good, nice, pretty nice, strong. Uh, very strong contingent. Frenzy will be there. Frenzy will be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sweet. We're letting it go, man. Um, and next week we'll talk about uh, Kentucky Thoroughblades Day coming up as well. So we'll, um, we'll have some good content. You're getting to Bach off. Uh, we'll be doing some video stuff. We've already talked to Joe Will about that, so you can check all that stuff out on our social pages as our um, videographer, Mike Hahn, is putting together a nice little package for um, our game on February 2nd. It's coming up. So our fourth of our five throwback affiliate nights um, will be on February 2nd, Kentucky Thoroughblades Day. Um, that'll be the final one of our affiliates, not the Barracuda. We have one more. It'll be the Orange uh, Orange Day where we'll bring back the orange jerseys for a night. But um, we'll have lots to talk about next week. Oh, yeah. So without further ado, let's uh, welcome in uh, Head Equipment Manager for the San Jose Barracuda, Mr. Mike Murphy. Right, welcome back. Nick Nolenberger joined alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein. We have a special guest jumping on board for another edition of the CUDA Confidential Podcast, the head equipment manager of the San Jose Barracuda, Mike Murphy. Murph, what's up, man? Appreciate you joining, joining us and uh, jumping aboard. Well, thanks for having me. Um, caught us on a real busy uh, busy day here at the, at the rink, um, as they always are. There you go. Classic Tuesday. So you guys are kind of like the, the unsung heroes, you know, the hockey staff. Right, nobody really gets to see what you guys do on a daily basis, but you guys are a lot of uh, you and and Austin Rodriguez or A Rod as we call him, who is <laughs> little bro, <laughs> little bro, just <laughs> casually taking a day at home today. So A Rod, don't don't think we're uh, we're letting you get away with that. But no, we'll we'll, we'll razz him a bit. It's, we have a we have a good relationship. It's like working with my little brother. So um, it's been a blast working with him. He works hard and he's earned his day off today. So. You guys are like, well, yeah, like I was saying, you guys are, you know, behind the scenes, and a lot of things that you guys do don't really get seen on the on the surface, and you guys are a big part of what makes these guys go, so uh, I'm sure everybody would say thank you, and they appreciate all the work that you guys do. <laughs> well, we had the Middleton brothers on last week, and uh, I mean, the kind of banter that goes on with, with brothers is just kind of natural and organic, so that was, it was fun to have those guys on. I was hoping A-Rod would jump aboard today, I didn't realize that 
we were going to give him the day off. I think it's probably pretty well deserved. You guys oh. work your freaking tails off. But uh, <laughs> I did ask him yesterday. I was like, "Hey, Rod." I was like, "We're thinking about bringing you and Murph on as as guests for this week's podcast." And he was like, "No, no, 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 no." No, he, really he, needs, he needs his own one. I think he needs his own he podcast. Needs his own. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll spread <laughs> he his own out. podcast. He yeah. can't even be on Twitter. Confidential. <laughs> the whole, the whole, every Cuda fan out there will will forever know way more that they need to know about Disney. Um, oh, when yeah. you have A Rod on, yes, so. he's right. a fanatical <laughs> Disney fan. Big Disney guy. Doesn't eat chicken. Doesn't really eat anything actually. Kind yeah, of a picky eater. Yeah, oh. What does he eat? It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. We're still. Uh, we're still figuring out exactly what he eats. Probably, I don't know. I think yeah. he. I think he just photosynthesizes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give us kind of hey a guys. rundown on, on what goes in uh, into a you know a, a day for you guys. I mean, from from my standpoint, we see it. I see it firsthand on the road. I mean, you guys' hours are obviously um, intense. You know, the type of stuff that you, the the time you guys have to put in into into the season is intense. Um, it helps when you get to the off season because you get a little bit of time away. Um, but I mean, it's long hours, it's lots of work and it's, you know, it's, you're picking up heavy things on a constant basis, but kind of give us a, give us a rundown. I guess we could start maybe with the, what it looks like on the road. Like we're going to Grand Rapids this upcoming Friday. So give us a rundown on, on what, uh, the plan will be for that. So that'll, that'll all start the day before our travel day. Um, what that kind of entails is making sure that everything's packed up, it, like behind us, you know, I was packing up some stuff already just to kind of prepare for the weekend, but, um. A lot of it's getting, you know, getting skates ready, getting everything that, you know, all that stuff packed, everything ready to go um, ahead of time. We uh, drive over in the box truck to the airport, get there a little bit early, and we, we fly southwest. We don't have the luxury of flying. Um, you pick your like own seats, though, on southwest. But right? you can pick your own so seats. Southwest. southwest. That's Shout luxury. out to Southwest Airlines. Great customer service. Um uh, you have about what? How many how many pieces of luggage do you have? We we travel with uh, we travel about sixty bags. We actually travel relatively light compared to a lot of the uh, a lot of the other teams that we see coming in and out. Um, that's also part of our jobs. A Rod gets a lot of the uh, visiting teams that fly in. He'll go he'll shoot over in the tr in the uh, box truck and pick them up from the airport. So um, a lot of logistics, um, at, especially at this level. Before you know, usually just throw like in at least in my career like. Riding the bus everywhere, you just, just toss it all in the bus. There's, you don't have to like think about stuff like that. That's another, that's kind of been a you know, welcoming, welcomed challenge this year, if you will. Um, figuring out the logistics of everything like that, it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of plan seeing the master plan kind of before it all kind of manifests itself. So, um, but yeah, it's you know. Anyway, I'm I'm got I got off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just freewheeling, but. Um, I, it is nice that we, I mean, we, we are pretty lucky, I think, in this division. We're almost on an island. And unless we're going to Bakersfield or Stockton and from time to time to Ontario, pretty much it's all flying, which, yeah. I mean, you've got a ton of equipment, as you mentioned, but it does make it nice when you can kind of, once you guys get that on, you know, the plane, you're able to, I mean, I guess you could do that on the bus too, but it, it's a different dynamic when you're flying, right? Yeah, it's kind of out of your hands at that point, you know, leave it up to TSA and the Southwest people to uh, take care of your stuff. We went to uh, what uh, we were in Winnipeg last year, yeah, and, and that's kind of a unique dynamic because often the plane isn't big enough to get all your equipment. What's kind yeah. of a give us a story on a situation like that that you've run through over your career? Um, I mean, I mean that scenario was kind of you, ha you get there and 
the, the planes can't really get into Winnipeg because the airport's so small. So like they have a lot of smaller planes coming in and out. So um, I know you I know you had an interesting scenario in Winnipeg uh, with your with your suitcase that was all was completely written off, gone forever, never seeing it again. And that then was the, a miracle. The, the UPS man showing up on your doorstep, <laughs> like months late, months after the fact, with your, with your suitcase. I called. Uh, I called the airline. I had. I had not tagged my bag, but it got thrown in with the rest of the bags. You threw it straight in. Straight I'm, straight I'm in. shocked TSA didn't. The drop lady. That. The lady was like, I was like, ma'am, uh, my bag wasn't tagged, and she was like, wait. It wasn't, t- what are you talking about? I was like, no, it wasn't tagged, you know? So it ends up going, I, I guess they, I mean, it may have been a wives' tale, but I was, I was heard, I heard that they, like, found it, in a, basically in a snowbank on the runway. <laughs> <laughs> and I get this, I get this uh, slip at my doorstep in Santa Cruz at my mom's house. And I'm like, what did I get? I'm thinking I got something else. I show up to the, to the FedEx, and there's my bag. I was, I was like, I, like, erupted. The guys are looking at me like, what the heck's wrong with this guy? It's a luggage bag, so... Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> I love that bag. Yeah, it's like my it's favorite bag. bag. It's yeah. a great bag. That was that was that's that's one of my favorite stories, just because of the way that whole day was. It was a it was a real early morning on uh, that was on New Year's. I think it was a New that Year's. That was New day. Year's. I would have. It was on at New Year's. Six a.m. Six. I thought it was like like maybe four, we, were at, we were there at like four or five. Maybe it was earlier than that. I don't so know. we were we were at early. the airport. No, not even have not even a coffee yet. Yeah, like that, we, that was pre coffee. No coffee. No coffee. That's so that was. And you know that was that was a tough day, but that was the bag went. Str- I, I remember you walking up, kind of. You, you were you were tired. You looked you looked tired. Um, <laughs> hey, it was and, open. and you threw it. You just threw it straight straight into. Well, the I'm tube. like, oh, like I you gotta, were, I got to throw my bag under, and you guys were already throwing all the bags, and I and so I scurry over there. It was like on the almost the scurry. other side of the uh, of the airport. Like I mean, it's yeah. a long kind of. It's open a, yeah, area. it's long, yeah. And we were on one side, all the guys and all the bags, and then everything else on the other side. So I'm like, oh, I gotta get over there and throw it on there. <laughs> and I'm just autopilot at that point. So that was funny. But I remember, I remember watching it go in. I'm like, I don't think that had a tag on it. And well, I didn't really realize it until it. a couple minutes later, it and like it kind of dawned on me. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I'm not that get, was I may not get this back. <laughs> yeah. It was not tagged. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think we we're flying Air Canada. Because we went yeah, from because we, yep. we went from Winnipeg to Toronto, yeah, yeah, the old you know the old Winnipeg to Toronto to you know San Francisco yeah. flight, yeah, classic it's a quick layover, yeah, it's a classic, quick yeah. five hour layover. Yeah. That was a great yeah. time. It was a great day. We did find out that day that John McCarthy made the Olympic team. So that kinda, we did, that we did. That was better. that was uh, you know, silver lining, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys. I mean, you talked about those early mornings, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is you guys put in some really long hours and some kind of obscure hours, especially early, early mornings. Yeah. How do you guys hand like, what's the, the key for you guys on, you know, not falling asleep at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when you're up at that's coffee. 3, 4 in the morning? That's coffee, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, but really what it is, it's, I, like, it's, it's like a personal connection to it, like, it, we have we have so much fun doing what we do because like we we're we have a very unique job and like we're a, part of a very small group of people that get to say that we do what we do and every time some I try to explain what I do to someone that either doesn't really have like understand or you know have no concept of what goes on they're like wh- why would you ever decide to do that and it's mm-hmm. just like I, it's I couldn't see myself doing anything else like I I. Don't think I'd be able to function in a in a cubicle or an office setting. 
Well, you, so you say coffee. I know you're a you're a New England guy like myself, which means you run on Dunkin' Donuts. Go Pats. None of this. That's right. Go Pats. <laughs> None of not this. sponsored. Yeah. Let's <laughs> drop. No, you run on Dunkin' Donuts, not of Starbucks, not Pete's, none of that. That's so my question for you, for all the people out there who may be curious, you know, what what's your go-to coffee order? If you got to get a coffee to kind of get your juices going, what what's the move? Large iced coffee, one cream, one sugar. Simple. 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 Nice and easy. Meat and potatoes Man order. Man of the people. Man of the people. Man of the people. But it's a real blue-collar coffee <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> Simple. Get your coffee. Pitter-patter. Let's get out of it. Pitter-patter. Let's get out of it. moving. <laughs> so my question is, you've got to, you know, at any point you can have, we'll say roughly, you have 24 guys, right? And every single guy has their own stick. And you have, like, a lot of sticks for each player, right? Yeah. And they all have their own pattern. Yeah. So give us an idea. I think fans would be curious on how that works, too. Like, every, every inch of these guys is covered essentially you know every piece of equipment kind of is fit for them and what they like and you know over time trial and error what what fits them um give us a rundown with sticks how does that process work and and how do you kind of find the the perfect curve and and flex for these guys it's kind of trial and error too some guys and every every guy's different too you'll have you'll have some guys that this the first stick they ever picked up they still use the like the same specs today you know need need my you know straight blade, you know, heel curve with, you know, this particular flex. And, you know, you add, they've used, been using the same stick for, you know, 10 years now. Um, there's other guys that constantly feel the need to be changing things. And while that might not be the most convenient for inventory purposes, it's, uh, it's something you kind of work with the player and you kind of build that. That's part of it, too, is you kind of build the, re- you know, the relationship with the player and kind of figure out the middle ground and, kind of figuring out, all right, where can we meet in the middle and, you know, get you what you need while also being, you know, kind of conscious of either budget or inventory or, you know, being reasonable, frankly. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of fun um, with, with as far as that goes. Like when I was, when I played, I was always tinkering with my, with my gear and trying new things. And uh, that kind of is how... That's what got me interested in doing this, so it's kind of cool. It's how it, you know, came about today. As far as, like, <coughs> equipment goes, obviously sticks are, you know, guys break sticks. You go through, you know, things like that all the time. But what about, like, pairs of skates and elbow pads, shoulder pads, gloves, like, whatever it may be? How often do guys go through, you know, pieces of equipment like that throughout the year? It's, it's kind of the same thing. There's There's guys that will rip through six pairs of skate you know six pairs of skates a year or, or or more and then there's other guys who refuse to you know put on a new set of skates a couple of the guys coming in on a day off well, well, you guys put in some, <laughs> two, two former podcast guests yeah. right there yeah. Alex, 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 True, Alex True depleted his stick inventory quite a bit last night broke uh, broke about five last night I feel like broke five <laughs> couple yeah he's too yeah he's gonna, he's gonna go hang out with cello and get even stronger so I need to <laughs> I need to order some more for him. <laughs> what about goalie equipment? What about um, like Antoine Bebo has a great mask? I, I, I will. I don't mean to cut you off. I have the two. I, I lucked out big time with the two easiest goalies to deal with in that I've ever You're came a goalie across. Guy too. I'm a goalie guy, and I know how finicky. So I know how I know firsthand how finicky in particular. You hear stories all the time of, of goalies being super, super picky about their gear, and I have the two most laid-back, easiest-going guys, and it 
makes my job a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, I was I was down. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be on the shark side of things yesterday. That using was great. Their, great experience. Their locker room, and uh, we were sitting. I was, you know, getting ready to. I think it was maybe the first period, getting ready to mm-hmm. do the interview, following uh, heading into intermission, and you had mentioned. Uh, uh, Cornish, how he had to, you know, fix his cage or put a new cage on because he get hit, hit in the mask or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh. He's got he, a magnet built in somewhere. He was like, hey, like, you, like, how many of these, how many, like, do you have enough? And you were like, yeah, I ordered like five or six. He's like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, no big deal. Like, it just, like, didn't, he seemed, like, I, it seemed I, very I recognize bad. that. That was one of those deals he kind of, during uh, rookie and training camp, you know, and he was, he was here at, uh, at uh, development camp, no, uh, rookie camp last year. Yeah. Um, and so between rookie camp last year, rookie camp this year, knowing, you know, he, he was likely going to be on the, you know, with us in the CUDA, kind of keep an, you know, extra eye on him and uh, noticed he was, uh, he was taking a lot of shots in the head. So I was kind of was like, all right, let's, uh, let's stock up on cages because I had to change two, like, while we're, in, uh, while we're in Vegas. So I'm like, all right, I better stock up on this because this is uh, clearly going to be a recurring issue. But... Um, yeah, no, these these two guys are two of the most easygoing goalies that I've ever encountered in you know my short time doing this. Do you notice with a, with a Cornosh, he's you know roughly six foot. Uh, Bibbs is about six three. Do you notice with these little you know shorter goaltenders, they tend to take more shots off the mask? Um, I think it has a lot to do with 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 Joel. He kind of just this posture. I think it's a lot more posture related than uh, than like height specifically because it's all it's all geometry it's all angles with with goaltending especially these days with the butterfly style and cut you know taking away the angles and it's all percentage it's all number games so um i think a lot of it has to do with just posture and head position and i I think it's just kind of a little bit of luck i guess or lack of it i guess whoever you want to look at it i'll put i'll put you on the spot here between the two goalies who's who do you would you say has the, the cooler looking mask I'm a big fan of uh, of Matt finish, and uh, so I, I got to go with Big Joe, yeah. Joe the Wall. Although I yeah. love Bibbs. Bibbs is the, the job. Honorable mention. I like. I like. So I will say this: I like Bibbs's mask better. Mask itself. Um, it's it's I, I it's a lot lighter. Um, sight lines are you know seem to be like a bit better. Um, but I got to give the I got to give the cool factor to Big Joe. And how about how about the overall pad setup, like the design and the color schemes? It's tough. I, I, have, a, I have an odd style. I, I, like, I prefer like a very You're more basic. simplistic. I feel I'm like. a big, so that's big how you minimalist the Joe guy. Mask. Big minimalist. I feel like guy. Joe's, Joe's even Joe's pads are pretty a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, he doesn't simple. even have any orange in his yeah. pads. Yeah, just the two. I'd I like a like. little. I'd like a little splash of orange in Joe's pads, but I I'm a big big color guy, and I think around you know the NHL, AHL, you're seeing a lot more goalies kind of add that flare of color. I know for a long time there's goalies almost mandated to wear all white pads and bring some bring a little bring a little flair to the party. Bring a little spice. How about like the the a couple of years ago we had the Aaron Dell pads. They had like he had like highlighter orange, like neon no, orange. I saw I saw I saw photos of that. That was aggressive. Very aggressive. That was a bold yeah. move. <laughs> That's a pair of pads that I have for when I you know, get stuck having to play goalie sometimes. They're like bright orange. Don't ones. say suck. It's a don't say suck. It's a privilege. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I'll take it. Yeah, the highlighter, orange and teal. 
I, I'm always, I'm a big fan of of uh, Flurry's pads when he broke into the league with um, with Pittsburgh, the sport the the all sport gold all yellow. All yellow ones. He was wearing the all gold. Uh, yeah. At some point, either the early this year or late last year, he wore. He yeah. Broke out. him out again. Broke broke him out a couple of times. Yeah. Who else wears the Huge. all like. Corey Crawford has all black ones. Yeah. Holpe did all red for one a little the, bit. One, one guy we see in, in the AHL, Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill. Yeah, yeah. we saw him. The, all, I, credit to uh, Eric Bechtel in, uh, in Tucson. They, their goalies have just, just fire style. you got to give them that. <laughs> I loved Hill's mask Yeah, but is that, is that, that's, that's, the, that's a goalie. That's a goal. That's up to the goalies. It's up to the goalies, but, you know. Equipment guys, just, just equipment guys, shoutouts. <laughs> they they do a great job. We're, we have a, it's actually funny. We have kind of there's like a small fraternity of us equipment guys because we all know what we what each other goes through. We all know the ins and outs of the job. Um, and, and last year, I, I was the assistant. Last year, we got a, we got along with all the rest of the assistants and communicated with the head guys, picking them up from airports and so on and so forth, communicating all the background stuff, all the logistics and. You spend you spend the like the three a.m. load-ins with these guys. You spent you're spending a lot of like you're spending a lot of time with guys at kind of different times of day, and it's it's a good experience to kind of you build friendships out of it. Um, Especially given to the fact that we play so many of these teams so often. Yeah, I mean you guys are probably a lot closer with the guys in Stockton and and Bakersfield than oh yeah. even maybe some of the guys back east like. Guys who are in Providence we've, probably we've don't have over, that same relationship. We've gone over and had dinner with the at uh, at uh, Alec James's house, the assistant in Bakersfield. We've just we've gone. Over, he's invited us to his house for dinner, and you know it's it's that that kind of that's you. I mean that's it's, it's within the the small little fraternity. I think I feel like that's very unique within itself, just being able to have that relationship because you guys see each other so often. Yeah. Well, you guys play such a vital role, too, and I think no one can really understand the hours and stuff that you guys put in unless you were really in it and, you know, you worked in the same industry. So, you know, it's no surprise you guys would be, you know, close with those guys. I think it's fascinating with your position because there's so many things that go on in a game, um, and it's constantly moving, and people don't really see the stuff that you guys are necessarily doing, you know, right away. But if a guy comes onto the bench and says, hey, I've got, you know, a little ding in my skate, I felt like, you know, my I lost my edge. Yeah. You know, people don't realize you're, you're taking his steel off right away and you're clipping another one. And one that you had sharpened earlier in the day, you make yeah. sure you've got backup steel already sharpened. Broken stick, you've, you're the one running back, grabbing one, and leaning over the bench to give a guy a stick. Jersey still down here? Sometimes I think they should <laughs> give the equipment guys assists on some of these goals. I think it was a goal that Mitch Marner had. Mitch Marner, yeah. Mar yeah. Well, the guy comes off the bench, yeah, I was going to ask Marner. you about that. <laughs> you know, like uh, – you know, the stuff that you guys do on the fly, I mean, you, you've got to be on your toes uh, during the game. And I was down there yesterday. I almost, I almost got smoked. <laughs> he was in, in – I think it was uh, Frankie busted a stick, and you reached over and almost took me out, gave him the stick. We had a lot and of then, we had, And he came back and – eight, eight broken sticks last yeah. night. And you were like, that was slow. I was <laughs> like, I, that was not slow. <laughs> but you well, thought you were getting it too done. And you're, your mind's kind of turning. You're like – Oh, stick, 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 stick. I need stick, stick, yeah. stick, stick. <laughs> yeah. The gear, the you gotta find the one, right? Because you've got. Oh, I, it's there's no know. finding it. There's the I set them up the same way everywhere we go, yeah. and I I know, if not exact, I can almost muscle memory reach them. <laughs> but there's I know within like four sticks where their uh, where their sticks gonna be. Oh, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge too because we have uh, we do with the you know with the sharks our whole, we use a whole set. Of uh, organizational numbers, so we have a lot of the higher numbers. Um, so we we go back to like 
you know, rookie camp, and we have a lot of the lower numbers with us, to, you know, with everyone, and that that throws everything that throws everything for a loop. Now, now you're reaching for a number fifty. You think you'd be reaching towards the very end of the stick rack? That's almost towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I was you know sitting there watching it. And there's a lot of things that you know, I guess you know you don't really realize. Guys break a lot of sticks off right off the draw, right in a yeah. face-off circle. So every face-off, you got to see who's taking the draw, and yep. you have to have a stick ready to go at all times. And if somebody gets you tossed, you put that one back, grab a new one for whoever gets put back in the draw. <laughs> so things, I mean, lots of stuff being down there that I didn't even realize. Uh, yeah, you get the, you get the first-hand experience. You had yeah. the best seat in the house last <laughs> night. It's a good spot. I did enjoy it. It was cool. We, we should have you down there more often. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time having yeah. you there. We'll see. I feel uncomfortable <laughs> down there. I felt like I was no, in the don't. way. No, don't. You got your little – You felt like I was in the way. You got your nook. Yeah. We, no, no change steal last night, which shout-out to the changeover crew for SAP Center. Oh. Yesterday, wow. There's a, there's a basketball tip-off at noon for the Harlem Globetrotters. I had money on the Generals, but I don't know how they – I didn't see the, the score. I know. That's tough. One of these days they're going to win. One of these days they are going to win. That money line That's going to be great. That, who, yeah. It's going to be great. Yep. That was – hey, you got you to pay to play. So, um, yes, anyway, yesterday, SAP Center, noontime tip-off for the Harlem Globetrotters. We – Played our game at seven. Puck dropped at seven oh five. That warm ups were at six thirty. You, you would have warm up. Yeah, warm ups at six thirty. The ice was getting cut at like five forty five. You couldn't tell that there was something else in the building that day. It was it was an yeah. unbelievable job. They did a good job. And you add on the fact the All Star game in San Jose this upcoming weekend. It's, so you got the there's a lot. SAP Center's bil- busy building this yes. time of year. Um, I was just talking to one of the building guys. He says normally for All Star games you've Manny? got about a week. Um, to prep where there's nothing in the building. And because there's so much stuff going on at SAP Center, as you mentioned with the Globetrotters and with Barracuda, I mean, they really only have four days, basically. And, and they kick the skills competition to Friday instead of what it normally is on Saturday, and you play this game on Sunday. So they've got like four days um, to get this thing ready, and it's pretty pretty crazy it's what's going on. It it's is impressive. impressive. Those guys, you say we have a behind-the-scenes job. Those guys have one of the hardest jobs yeah. in all the sports because they have the – game, the game's got to happen. There's yeah. no mm-hmm. – there's no – backup plan yeah. there's no and that's you know something we have the luxury of is we can i was explaining it yesterday to someone they they asked me like what like what other aspects of your job are there and it's like well I, I basically plan for worst case scenario and have that stuff have all that stuff available and pray that i don't have to use it yeah. but um sometimes you do and that's all that's all part of the job but that's they the changeover crew does not have that option they have to have everything done on time. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. And they did uh, they did a hell of a job yesterday. So give us a rundown on kind of how you got to where you're at. I mean, the American Hockey League is one away from the NHL. Um, I think a lot of people here, they don't recognize it or maybe not realize the, kind of the steps it takes to get to where you were at. Um, Fitzy. Kind of give us a rundown on, on how you started, how you got into equipment. You mentioned you played uh, a, a bit as a kid, and obviously you fell in love with the game and, and you know, the equipment. But give us an idea of kind of how you got to where you're at right now. Um, I, got a, I got a late start playing. Um, started playing when I was eight, or at least for, you know, back home, back in New England. But uh, started playing when I was about eight, and then I had, I had the brilliant idea to play goal. And, I, you know, when I told my mom that I wanted to be a goalie, she, uh, she kind of let out one of those really long, deep sighs of, what did I do? What did I get myself <laughs> into? But, uh, um, I mean, well, I, pl- I played through high school, play, you know, played for – my high, my high school's team and got to wear you know the, the school colors and that was that was a great experience. Um, after I, I I mean I'm I'm not a not a 
particularly large guy. So uh, we, I, I've, I wasn't going to be able to play in college. There's, not a, there's no way. Um, knew I wanted to go to college. Knew I wanted to kind of see what else was out there. But um, my first job was, was working at Philbrick Sports in Dover, uh, Dover, New Hampshire. And I learned how to, uh, learned how to sharpen skates there. Um, it was kind of sell, sell. I built bikes, built bikes for my first three days. That was, that was a fun experience. Um, but I uh, learned how to sharpen skates there, learned all the basics of, you know, just working at a pro shop. And then uh, when, I went to, when I went to school, I went to school at University of New England. And uh, their team had gone from, uh, from a club program to NCAA Division Three. So I wanted to, uh, I met with the coach during um, Accepted Students Day kind of get an idea of all the extracurriculars and everything else that the college had to offer. And I kind of met with uh, Brad Holt at the time. And I, I explained to him that uh, I had a background working at a pro shop and that I, you know, I'd be something I'd be interested in kind of doing, helping out just either around the locker room or equipment, whatever. So um, got involved doing game ops stuff, doing the, I was holding the score board. I was great at that. I was great, great job holding the board up in front of the net, but uh, um, I did that and then my, for my freshman year and then as it kind of went further, I met with them and I was starting to hang out around the locker room a little bit more, folding towels, hanging laundry, doing kind of all that vacuuming the room every once in a while kind of stuff. And uh, by the time I was a senior, I was, I was, it was a full-time job. It was my internship. I, I was, you know, I was working like 60 hours a week while taking five classes. Like it was, and I was having a ball doing it. Like it was got to travel all the games. It was a blast. So um, graduated in 2013 and uh, got, my, got landed a job at American International College in uh, Springfield where the, uh, the All-Star Games held this year. They're currently going to be at the same uh, building. <coughs> but, um, we were at, at the time, we were at Olympi uh, Olympic Ice Center in uh, I have no idea where that is. You know, no, yeah. <laughs> You're looking at me. I know I'm New England. I have no idea. Like, great uh, building. Oh, yeah, New England guy. You got that. New yeah, New England guy. Yeah, I mean, come on. Nothing. Come on. I don't know. I don't mean to be long-winded. If you, you guys cut me off, I, that's, I mean. Anyway, so you, you went to New England, and then you ended up going um, from there. Canisius. Canisius. AIC to Division Canisius. Um, graduate assistant position, so I ended up getting my master's degree there. Um, had no intention of getting... It, going to school anymore, but then I kind of found that job and Jack Marquardt down in uh, down in San, he's the assistant in San Antonio. Uh, met him while I was at AIC and heard he was leaving Canisius, and I asked him. I was like, "Hey, what do you what do you think about it?" And uh, told me to put in and gave me a word, and I found myself at Canisius. Yeah. And then um, after Canisius, went to the Make and Mayhem. Mayhem. The Make and Mayhem. Uh, in the SPHL, Southern Professional, the Hockey Southern League. Pro League. What a league that is! That Which was I guess if you had to equate, we're considered Triple A. We're considered that's Single A. It's SP Single A. Single A. So it's you know kind of like the San Jose Giants. If fans aren't familiar that's, with the that's league, that's Double A. No, that's High A. That's, that's High two A. Two Single A levels. And, and then why do you say Triple well, Here's 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 the difference. The letter though. system's weird. Yes, baseball. it is like Single A baseball, but a lot of times Single A baseball, even Double A baseball, it's a lot are, of like. Yeah. It's very There's a high end difference. prospect, but that's because there's so many yeah. of them. Yeah. I would, I, I say it all the time to people. I almost equate like double A baseball where your top prospects are yeah. to AHL hockey, but that's essentially where your top prospects are here. There's a, I mean, very rarely do you see guys who come up through 
SBHL ended up making the show. It's more like independent baseball. I think if you had to equate it, there's a lot of independent leagues where you're not affiliated. Um, I mean, there's some affiliated teams yeah. in, in SP, but not a lot. Yeah, Fiori is affiliated with uh, with Chicago, but I think it's more of like a marketing kind of standpoint. Thing. I, I mean, it's that league is you invest so much, like even like with the, like everyone that plays hockey growing up goes plays either junior, college, uh, major, junior, whatever. Whatever your path is, wherever your path takes you, you invest so much time and effort, and it's what you love to do. And that league kind of offers you the opportunity to, to just continue it and get paid for it. There's a lot of, lot of guys that play there for a year or two and, you know, move on to getting a, getting a job or using their degree that they went to college for. Like, it's, it kind of bridges the gap where sometimes that, that happens life. Sometimes, like, in your early to mid-20s, like, you kind of hit a, not necessarily a rut, but, like, you know, there's so many different directions to go, and that's, it's a direction to go, and I, it offers, I mean, I met, I met some great people, I met some great friends working in that league, um, it absolutely had, it's, we won the championship, uh, that, in the year I was there, and it was one of the most wild rides I've ever been a part of, that was incredible, like, an incredible experience, um, but well, we hope we we're on another one this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's go. I, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Vamanos. <laughs> As Joey and I were screaming at each other uh, during the Patriots game. Yeah, screaming. Yeah, screaming. screaming. Seth, Seth. Short, I, shortly after I buried myself in the couch. I do remember I was screaming. that. Yes. My heart rate was at an all-time high. Stress through the roof. Yeah. I don't want to bore people with Patriots talk because you know it's. Eight straight AFC championships, three straight Super Bowls. Tom Brady's been to more Super Bowls than any other franchise I, has. I mean, it's let's get this I, thing back I, on I the rails. Don't want to talk about it. It's fine. I understand, but yeah, it's, it was. A, yeah. It's worth mentioning. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. Got to bring it up. What a time to be if alive. We're, if we're talking about championships. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, yeah. yeah, it's hard not to. It's tradition. <laughs> okay. Okay, Joey. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's tradition. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's. Pretty much it for me. I, I guess one last question for me would be: um, You were the assistant last year. You've been ahead, as you mentioned, in SP. I mean, how has that transition been? Being being kind of the guy having to make all the decisions when it comes to travel and ordering all the additional equipment. I mean, when you're an assistant, it's a different role. It's really, you know, a guy can help and, and be there to help out the head guy. But you know, you're doing more of the, I think, guess the business side of it now as well. Yeah. Um, so the way we we would kind of break that up. Uh, so A Rod was with us last year, kind of as like a like a third role. So he drove, like gave him all the truck runs, gave him a lot of that stuff. But uh, that's uh, so his his role last year, and combined with my role, we we did a lot of the day. Like the way I look at the assistant position is a lot of day to day stuff. It's a lot of uh, laundry, straightening gear, being like being on the bench, doing like doing a lot of that stuff. Like that is day to day basis needs to get done. Um, placing orders, I'm communicating with other teams on travel schedules, I'm communicating with the uh, with the airport, um, get it, you know, making sure that we can get in and out on, I mean, we flew to, we flew to Colorado over Thanksgiving, and, yep. you know, seemingly that's that's not a bad trip, but you look at the schedule, you look around the day, it's like, oh, that's going to be over Thanksgiving weekend, like, we better do a little bit of legwork and make sure that, like, hey, we know exactly what's going on, so, um, just kind of being on top of stuff like that, kind of thinking, what are the other factors that could come into play? Uh, I mean, ref like repairs and everything like that. Like I've, this is my like ninth or tenth year in 
be doing equipment. So I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to teach A Rod a lot of like I'm trying to kind of teach him a lot of the more technical things, trying to teach him certain certain repairs, how to do stuff. Um, he's picked up sharpening skates like super quick, so that's he been sharpened my skates the other day and they were great. Yeah, he does a hell of a job. Um, and it, it's it's super super helpful to have someone working on the same page with you like that and being able to being a quick learner being able to pick up and just just get right to it so he's he's been awesome can't say enough about the kid he's he works his he works his, you know works his tail off yeah there's no doubt there's no doubt both of you guys do it's it's pretty incredible what you guys do and uh I mean, go back one example. You're in Ontario this year. We had a, go, a kid, Nolan DeYoung, come in from the ECHL. You had no jersey for him, no name plate. You had to sew one together the day before the game or I guess the morning of. Yeah, yeah. That's just part of it. It's just part, part of it, right? Yeah. It's, it's just another day in the life. Yeah, another day. That's, I we, call, we call that Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got one, one more for you. What is, you know, as a working on the equipment staff, we talked about you guys are, you know, the unsung, unsung heroes, things that, you know, people don't really see a lot of. What is one thing that if you could share with the world that you want people to know about, you know, what you guys do as an equipment staff that, that maybe people don't realize uh, a misconception or something, what would you want to, what's that message? Um, I, I, have, I have no idea how to answer that. <laughs> I have, like, not a, rem not a clue how to answer that. Uh, I mean, we... There's there's so many different things that we do. We're not just like laundry boys. We're not just water boys. We're not stick boys. Like there's there's so many things that go involved. And like our situation is pretty unique too at SAP Center, where we're kind of moving in and out every every home game. It's not we don't have like a permanent like home locker room besides like besides our practice facility, which uh, this is a great room. I love this room. Um, it's it's one of those deals where we have to make. We 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 deal with so many different things on a on a day to day basis. It's not it's hard to put all of it into a job description. I had to write one for for Austin for over the summer, and I, it was it was taxing. Like I was like, how do we, how do you put into words what we do? And it's you, you, like I'm I'm learning every like you learn every day. You learn something new every single day you're on this job, whether. It's a, like kind of a weird scenario you're dealing with, whether it's something you've done a million times before. Um, you're, you're, you, there's, there's more experience or there's something you learn to do better or more efficient, and that's been a great exercise in this job. So it's learning how to do things more efficiently, learning how to do things faster, easier, because you, you guys have said, like, we do, work, we do work some crazy hours. Yesterday was like a... What fifteen hour day, which is not that's every game day for us. That's every single game day. That's um, so we we kind of look for ways every single day to make our jobs just a little bit easier, so that we're not you know come this time of year next year or the year after or come March come pl come playoff run time where we're scrambling for energy like that. That makes a huge difference. Yeah, it makes a massive massive difference. Yeah, and I feel like. You know, the players recognize that stuff too. The energy of the staff, you know, at the end of the year, yeah, staffers are dragging and their attitudes aren't good. I mean, that reflects the, the players too. So, Absolutely. vice versa. So we got to keep our we got to keep our attitudes and yeah. everything high as well. We're yeah. members of this locker room, just like everyone. Shout else. out to A Rod. He's always bringing the good, positive juice. 
coming in hot with his positive juice. Murph, too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, A-Rod's just funny. He's like that little nah. kid who just comes <laughs> in. I mean, he, we talk about his Disney uh, being he, a fanatic. He, I mean, we're, he, we're at Parents Weekend, family about life. weekend. He convinced Joseph Kornash and his girlfriend to take a trip to Disney over the summer. I, I, think, I think Republic. he's moonlighting. I not think he's only moonlighting that. as a Disney representative. Yeah, not I, only I'm still con- I'm convinced. Not only did he convince them to go, but he talked it up so much, I think they want him to come with them as like a personal that's, tour guide. That's frightening. He should. He goes he, like four times a year. If He would be <laughs> four would be, more. Come on. Okay. He would, be, he would be dumb to not get a summer job working working at Disney. Yeah. He, he, that's it's it's I, I, I asked him, I, said, I said A-Rod, I said, how like I I don't under like I understand like loving Disney, but like how can you go all the time? Like the rides are the same thing they've been since like nineteen fifty two and he cut me off and he goes, uh actually nineteen fifty five because that's when the park opened. <laughs> and I was don't like don't sass him like I that. Was like, oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll when's the last, when's the last time you've been? When's the last amusement park you've been to? And when, what's what's your amusement park of choice in New England? Is it? Oh, I know what you're gonna. I know. I knew this was gonna be Six Flags New England. Really? Yeah, and Agawam. I'm a, I'm a Canopy Lake Park kind of guy. <laughs> Six Flags New England in Adamawam. In Ag- Agawam, get it right. <laughs> yeah. What are you asking? What are you laughing about? Just outside of Springfield? Just outside. The, the great confidence spot. on that answer was hilarious. Yeah. You're, go- you're going. Lake's you're going too. You're going to the All Star Game. Yeah. I doubt I I have a, have a feeling that Six Flags isn't going to be. No, open. it's not on my. It's not. It's not even on my list. See, of places now, to now, see. If, you know, A Rod. Every time he looked, the, they just got like three this, feet of snow. This is the difference. Every time we go to either anywhere, anywhere, any any road trip we go to, whether it be like Ontario, Bakersfield, uh, San Diego, I I look at A Rod and his gears are turning, trying to scheme how he can get himself to Disney World Land, whatever it is. Oh, I, don't, I don't even know. Which at one some it point is. on the trip. At some point on the trip, so there's two kinds. Of, like, and so when we go to like Bakersfield, I'm looking. All right, can we can we make it out to Bakersfield Dragway? Can we make it out to Famoso? No, we can't. But that's that. Ki- that kid's a riot. Though. We'll talk more uh, Disney when we get him on the yeah, pod. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked yeah. about that. He's yeah. gonna need his own show. He's gonna. You won't be able to shut him up. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna you're just gonna give him the mic, and he's just gonna go. I wanna. I wanna know if he knows any like the theme songs from these movies. Uh, he probably. That's all he listens to. Song. Nick, that's a ridiculous. That's question. a ridiculous. Of course question. he knows. Yeah, it's a he's bad. Pro- that's a bad question. He's, I mean, he's. I want to see. We're gonna he, have to make him sing. Some Aira was commuting from Disco Bay at one point. Are you? I'm sure he had the just a whole playlist that he was that's just jamming out to. Yeah, yeah. Like lullabies to put him to sleep. I bet. I bet. I bet he knows every single word to a whole new world. Oh, uh, that's what I want. I want him to sing them. I don't want to just ask him. And help yeah, him. well, you know, I want. I, we need to sing. Yeah, we have some Frankie karaoke. Hollywood walking through right. Frankie, now. Hollywood. We got Frank the Tank coming in with the stun of shades. Curly twelve oh eight. Uh, guys are just kind of filing in. It's a day off, so just guys getting are, some guys maintenance getting, uh, yeah. from the training staff. So. Well, Murph, this was fun. I think we got to do this again. I had a blast. I I would love to. I'd love to do this again. Yeah, this was a good time. It's a good time. I feel like you were hitting your stride too as we continue. I, you know, it, you know, you got to cut me off sooner or later here. So <laughs> I'd like to have Murph on, like, uh, have him mic'd up one time. That I don't know if we can uh, do that. I was I down there last night. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be an awful. I don't think he'd be able to post a lot of that. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. But I do want to do. Uh, I I'd told lo- you guys about it. Do a if. Uh, like a day in the life behind the scenes type deal where it's kind of a photo slash story kind of 
follow along type deal where can we do, can we we're with these guys from start to finish any chance on we a can very do that. early day. You wanna, you, any chance you want to do that on the Grand Rapids trip? That's gonna be that's gonna be a travel day. There's gonna be a lot of moving parts. Yeah. The only, only problem is uh, we would it would probably have to be a bus trip because Mike Han, our video guy, would probably be easier for him to do that. Yeah. Like I, I do. I would do a bus trip or I would do like a full changeover day from like going here. Oh, practice to practice here and then load, load in, in. Yeah. game day. I well, think that's that's an easy day. I mean, we we hardly ever that that was kind of a one off scenario yesterday where we do like the. I mean that 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 day yesterday was was looking at the schedule was going to be nuts. Right. I I mean more so just like a normal normal home game like what goes into because I don't oh, think yeah. a lot of people realize you know it's days out in advance you guys got to get everything ready here days yeah. before it's loading in and it could be if there's a concert every home game every home game is a two day process. If there's us. a concert you guys aren't loading in sometimes till two three a.m. Yeah. and that's just you guys you've still got another team you got to worry about so I think that would be a cool story to kind of paint that picture for people to see. Uh, Maybe we're just getting started. We're just getting started here. Yeah. This content, content's endless. So we'll put a TB, uh, TBC to be continued on this. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. All, All right, Murph. I, I, I had a great time. I appreciate, appreciate you guys it. having me and, you know, listening to me babble. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that, man. All right, Mike Murphy, head equipment manager, join us on the pod. That'll wrap up Don't this say week. pod. Don't say right? pod. Pod. I feel like pod. pod has become like the, it's like the, it's like a trendy, quick way to say it. Podcast well, no, no, well, no, that's fine. It's just we, I mean, pod, pod, pod. We gotta load the pod. Load, load the, pod. the pod. We have a lot of pod stuff that we have to that we have to deal with. But anyway, we'll talk to you guys all yeah. next week. Yeah. See you. See you. See you. <laughs>